0: Hello and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The pre mid Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The pre mid Years. If this is your first time here, this is an interesting one for you because it's actually not the pre mid years, uh, but that is okay. What I am about to expose to you, show you, have you listen to is a new podcast that we are doing here at MedEd Media to help you with the cars section of the MCAT. And while we're helping you with the car section of the MCAT, we're going to help you with every other section as well. Now, Back in episode 259, I had Jack Weston come on the podcast to talk about improving the CARS score. Now, that podcast episode was well-received, and since that time, that was about a year ago, almost a year ago exactly, actually, Jack and I have been talking about doing a standalone podcast all about CARS, and it's finally here. And what you're about to hear is episode two of that podcast, the first episode where we actually dive in and start working on the skills that Jack teaches in his courses about helping students really break down passages, break down paragraphs, break down sentences when students are going through the CARS section. I'm really excited about this podcast because it's very different than anything that we've done before because we're not just doing passages from the MCATs, we're actually really going down to the bare bones of reading comprehension, which is where most students struggle with the MCAT, specifically the CARS section, whether you're ESL, whether you're a slow reader, whether you have some sort of uh, reading or learning disability, whatever it may be, our hope is that going through this podcast and, and listening to each of the, the MCAT CARS podcast episodes is that you will improve your reading comprehension which will improve your CARS score and improve the scores in every other section as well. Yes, reading boring <laughs> boring articles from different online websites and magazines and journals and stuff will help your science section scores. It will, it's awesome, because it's all reading comprehension. Remember, the MCAT is a comprehension test. It's not a content-based test. Yes, you have to know the content, But the way that they present the information, the way that they ask the questions is you really have to comprehend and analyze. That is the MCAT. And so our goal with the MCAT Cars Podcast with Jack Weston is to help you better comprehend. 100%. That is our goal. And in this first episode, we're going to do that. We're going to break down a Time Magazine article. You're going to hear me struggle asking questions trying to figure it out. I am not a very good reader. And you'll hear Jack over the course of, of our recording, say, oh, Ryan, you're you're a good reader. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. I read very slowly. I lack a lot of comprehension. My mind wanders a ton when I'm reading. A lot of what you guys struggle with. And so hopefully, as we go through this, as Jack teaches me different skills, different strategies, we are getting to a point where your scores will start going up. This is free MCAT prep. Go subscribe, MCATcarspodcast.com. Whatever podcast app you are listening to this in right now, click over to the subscription page or whatever you need to do, the search page, and search for MCAT Cars. It should be everywhere at this point that you can listen to podcasts. Hope you enjoy this episode. And if you have looked into Jack Weston, if you've thought about taking his course, you can save 100 dollars, that's a, a discount that he's doing for me as we're doing this MCAT cars podcast, go to medicalschoolhq.net/jackweston to go to his site with that coupon automatically activated, or you can text the word "cars coupon," one word "cars coupon to 44222. Let's go ahead and jump in to the MCAT Cars podcast. You can see what it's all about and don't forget to subscribe. The MCAT Cars podcast, session number two. The Cars section of the MCAT gives thousands of pre-meds nightmares every night. Whether you're an ESL student lack confidence while reading, or are a slow reader like me, Jack Weston and the medical school headquarters are here to help you score higher in every section so you can be confident you're ready to get the MCAT score of your dreams. Welcome to the MCAT Cars Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week for the MCAT Cars Podcast, where I am joined by Jack Weston, founder of Jack Weston, the prep company to help you score higher, in the cars section of the MCAT, Now, as we move forward with this podcast, with these episodes, we are going to dive into a lot of reading comprehension because that is what is severely lacking for a lot of you who are struggling with not only the car section, but every section of the MCAT. Now, when I took the MCATs a long time ago, I struggled with reading comprehension. I tried to read really fast because I was a slow reader and on the, the car section, there's a lot of reading, and a lot of students don't finish. And so I would read really fast, and my poor reading comprehension was just exacerbated because I was reading faster than normal, and I still wasn't comprehending. And so what we're going to do moving forward is take snippets of articles. This week, we have a, a Great Time magazine article. We're going to take these articles, and we're going to break them down sentence by sentence to really understand what is being talked about. Now, you may go, well, that doesn't sound like a fun podcast. Well, guess what? We're not here to be fun, but we're hopefully fun enough for you. We're here to help you score higher on the MCAT. That is our goal. We're here to help you understand what you are reading so that you can answer the questions that the AAMC and that the MCAT are throwing at you. And so what we're going to do every week is break down articles and, and really break down the sentences, really look at what the author is saying paragraph by paragraph, sentence by sentence. And that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to mix in some episodes where we're actually breaking down some MCAT type questions, some passages and MCAT type questions as well. So we're going to mix those in as well. Keep everything nice and fresh, ready for you to, to really help you maximize your score. So I just wanted to give that primer before we jump into our first episode where we're actually breaking down these sentences. So let's go ahead and do that right now. All right, Jack, we are back for another MCAT Cars podcast where we are going to actually dive into an article today. Last Last episode, our first episode, we kind of talked about who you are and cars section and all that fun stuff and the fears around it. But now we're actually going to go into to action and, and start breaking down some
1: sentences. Yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. All right, so our first
0: article here, and we'll have links to all of these articles, links to everything that we're reading uh, so that you guys can follow along at home if you want to listen to this again after your commute, after your exercise, whatever you're doing, listening to this, and actually sit down with a highlighter or whatever um, and follow along with us. But we will have all the links in our show notes page you can go to mcatscarspodcast.com and find the episode number and, and uh, get the links. So what do you have to say about our article today?
1: We're going to start it off slow and easy, right? So this might be something that you're interested in. It might be a topic that is relatable to you. It's going to be more health related. Uh, but eventually we'll get to the harder stuff, right? And I just want to you know, start off with something a little bit on the easier side. Uh, when it comes to reading. I think most students will be pretty comfortable with this. But if you're not, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, just we're going to do a range of hopefully passages and or or articles and and delve into it slowly but surely. All right. So the title of this article, The Case
0: for Taking a Walk After You Eat, and it's a, a Time magazine article. At the end of a long day, it's tempting to dive into your social feeds or Netflix queue the minute you've finished eating. That's the first sentence.
1: Okay, so what do you think that's trying to say? so we're we're going to try to summarize sentences and try to better understand them. So Brian, what do you think that's trying to say here? so it
0: it 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 almost feels like it's trying to shame me. like of course, I want to dive into my social feeds and Netflix queue uh, when at, at the end of a long day. But I have a feeling it's going to tell me that apparently that's bad for me.
1: Well, you're definitely onto something. If if it's tempting, right, it, it's probably something that is um, something you're going to enjoy, mm-hmm. right? Something that people mostly enjoy is probably something that isn't good for you all the time, right? Yeah. So so yeah, they are probably associating something positive or something something that is a little bit on the guilty side of social feeds or Netflix queue or whatever they are talking about. So we don't know exactly what they're talking about just yet, but they're just kind of setting up the scene, right? You're, mm-hmm. Imagine you're going home, imagine you're going to uh, you know, watch some TV or go on your, on your phone, go ahead.
0: But back before screens bogarted all our free time, an after-dinner stroll was a popular activity and one associated with improved health and digestion.
1: Okay, so what's what's going on there? So it's
0: saying, she, the first sentence, it may be tempting, but long
1: before we had all that,
0: people used to take walks, and it was good for them and good for digestion.
1: Yeah, so it seems like the author is making a distinction between walking, taking a dinner stroll. Dinner stroll is another way of saying walking after mm-hmm. dinner, right? Uh, after dinner stroll. Uh, and with big screens, right? So big screens, as in that maybe Netflix, maybe your iPhone or or Android phone or whatever it is, seems to be not as healthy, maybe, right? Because they're they're saying that one thing that's uh, good for you is, or better for your health or better for your digestion is this walking. Now, let's see. There's this w- there's this word here that I think a lot of students, especially ESL students, are probably looking at and thinking. Oh, I don't know what this words mean mm-hmm. or what, what this word means. You know do I need to know what this word means? Bogarded, right? That's the word I'm referring to here. What does that mean? Does it even matter if you know what that word means?: I have no idea what it means. I don't know what it means. I mean, I have an idea of what it means, but do you really need to know the definition?: yeah. No. If you can look at the context around the sentence, back before screens, bog- bogarted all our free time. You can probably guess what Bogarted means. Yeah. What is that? What do you think it means? If it's referring to all our free time, consumed, took up. Cons- that's it. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's building context. Most students who read this sentence, they're so focused. Not most, but a lot of students who focus on the, uh, who read the sentence focus so much on that word that they lose picture of the surrounding words of what it really, truly is trying to convey. So try not to let one word. Uh, mess with you in that way. What I prefer you do is at the end of the passage or the end of the article, go ahead and underline those words or write them down and then no card them when you have time. Right, No card them, put, them you know, put the definition on one side and then test yourself on those kinds of words later down the, uh, the road. I mean, it's not something that is super important, but I like to say if you have basic English under your belt, if you've taken senior year high school English you're going to be an okay reader, strong enough to really read anything the MCAT throws at you.
0: The next sentence is a quote. Italians have been walking after meals for centuries, says Loretta Di Pietro, a professor of exercise science at George Washington University's Milken Institute School of Public Health. In quotes, so it must be good. So she's basically saying there, there are this group of, people these italians who have been walking for centuries so it must be good and it it sets her up as an expert with all of her credentials and stuff
1: sounds good that's it i mean that's pretty Mm self-explanatory there all right so so great what's the big kind of picture of this paragraph What, what do you think the author really wants you to know after reading this paragraph ryan
0: that maybe we should be walking after we eat
1: Right, or at least walking seems to be improving our health or better for our digestion. Mm-hmm. Right after we eat, you make a very excellent point. This is all about after you eat. Even the first sentence said uh, the minute you finished eating. So w- everything we're talking about is after eating. It's not it has nothing to do with just walking in general or or anything like that. It's just after eating activities. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that it, that seems to be the topic, the theme. Okay, let's go ahead and keep reading. Research backs this up. Very short
0: sentence, probably don't need
1: to break that down,
0: but she's she's uh, or the author here is trying to give some more credibility. So we have the one Loretta Di Pietro saying it must be good and then some more um, more credibility saying, "Hey, there's research too." Okay. One small study co-authored by Di Pietro found that when older adults Older adults at risk for type 2 diabetes walked on a treadmill for 15 minutes after a meal. They had smaller blood sugar spikes in the hours afterwards.
1: Okay, so what's going on there?
0: So I I just want to, I try to think of what would I be thinking of? And and I never really put in context that I'm a terrible reader. Uh, I'm a very slow reader. Cars was, or verbal reasoning back when I took the MCAT, was my worst section. So this is fun for me to go through and and try to to break down myself because I I struggle just like many of you in this section. But I, I think... What's going through my head of if I was a pre-med reading this was, oh, type 2 diabetes, I, I don't know anything about type 2 diabetes. The, now, now I'm screwed. Um, so that's, that's one thing I think that's popping into their head. But right. trying to break down this sentence, uh, it's giving this research, one small study, um, talking about people who do have type 2 diabetes or, or are at risk for getting type 2 diabetes uh, just saying that walking on a treadmill helps. And it talks about smaller blood sugar spikes. So again, I'd freak out, like, what What does that mean? I don't understand blood sugar spikes. Um, so I have to just, I assume, take it at face value that apparently it, it's good.
1: That's excellent. Yeah, I mean, so we all know so far that walking has improved your health, right? And the author Seems after dinner walking improves your health, right? So the author seems to be trying to support this idea, Mm -hmm. right? And by saying, look, they had smaller blood sugar spikes. You may not know anything about blood sugar spikes. It may be good for you, it may be bad for you. You may not even know what type 2 diabetes is. But the fact that they're bringing up this as evidence for why it's good for you, right? The fact that you know they're setting this up as a reason for why it's good for you tells you that maybe lower blood sugar spikes is the better health mm-hmm. right that's that's better health so this is that this has nothing to do with your background knowledge on diabetes now obviously a lot of students listening to this you you are probably aware of what diabetes is you probably understand it but you don't need to right you just need to be sharp you need to be aware of all the things that are going on and how this may be fitting into the conversation we're having. Okay. Great. Okay.
0: In fact, the researchers found that these short post meal walks were even more effective at lowering blood sugar after dinner than a single 45 minute walk taken at mid morning or late in the afternoon. So, going back to the first paragraph, right? At the minute you've finished eating, and the after-dinner stroll, just trying to highlight that there's supposedly, potentially, the author is trying to get us to understand that it's a specific type of walk. And then this last sentence here is, is in fact, like, make sure you understand this, uh, that these post-meal walks are, are better at lowering blood sugar, again, not really understanding potentially what that means, um, than even longer walks a single 45 minute walk because because the author says short post-meal walk
1: right so longer walks when though when were those longer it's better than longer walks. Yeah,
0: mid-morning or late in the afternoon not post-meal
1: yeah exactly that's it yeah uh sounds good now they're they're still talking about blood sugar so that's great yeah Mm -hmm. excellent so what is the big picture of this paragraph what should you really know here that
0: there is data saying that you should be walking post-meal for blood sugar spikes.
1: Right, to reduce those, right? Yeah. Okay, excellent. That's it. So 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 far, we've had two paragraphs that basically go into one direction. That direction is walking after dinner. Not just walking, right, but walking after dinner. Okay, great. Let's go ahead.
0: The human digestive system converts food into the sugar glucose, which is one of the body's primary energy sources. So, after a meal, glucose floods a person's bloodstream. So, again, like physiology. Ooh, like as a premed, I haven't taken physiology yet. I don't know. And and I'd be like, uh oh, where's this going? Um, so, I just I, I would have to take this at face value and go, okay, digestive system. I kind of understand what that is obviously my, my mouth and stomach and uh, everything else inside, um, making glucose, and that after a meal, that glucose goes into the bloodstream.
1: That's it. Excellent. Now, a couple of things to point out. Like you said, you don't need to know how this works exactly. They are teaching it to you. They're literally teaching you as they explain it. That's the beauty of CARS. Is that you can you can read something and learn something new every time you read, and I think that's why it's so interesting and why why it's such a great section. Uh, and yes, one one other thing that I'd like to point out is the fact that they now call sugar glucose. Mm. So they're not just saying it's sugar; they're calling it glucose. So be careful. They may just use that word glucose on its own. I'll every, I, I would say a majority of students know. Uh, everyone here probably knows glucose is a sugar, right? Uh, or you know form of sugar, but it, you don't necessarily um, have to know sugar anymore. You have to use the word glucose now. So in case, if they use the word glucose, just be aware that they're synonymous with sugar. Okay. Hormones like
0: insulin help pull that glucose into cells, either to be used immediately or stored away for later use. And so, like you said, they're they're explaining human physiology with what happens to food and the breakdown of food and creating this glucose and what happens to it. So it's introducing this new thing called insulin and gives us a little bit of an idea of what it does.
1: Did you notice something, Ryan? Did you notice they didn't use the word sugar anymore? Yeah, just glucose. Yeah, that would throw a lot of students off, right? Because students are now thinking, wait, I have to know glucose. Wait, what? As long as you read that first sentence properly, Right, and you were careful. You should be fine with the second sentence, right? Okay. So you know insulin is trying to take this glucose and put it into cells, uh, for whatever reason. Okay, let's go ahead.
0: So I, let's let's pause for a second here. So I, I'm one of those readers because I'm a bad reader. I'm a slow reader. I have to read everything five times typically to understand it. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend if somebody's reading this passage? If this was a passage on the MCAT and they they have their mouse in their hand. Would you recommend them like underlining glucose or highlighting glucose to to kind of make that mental switch in their head?
1: I actually think highlighting stuff on the MCAT is a big distraction. Okay, uh, I don't mind highlighting dates and names because uh, those could be things that show up. But if you become a, a habitual highlighter, you're no longer reading. You're just zoning off and trying to highlight things. That's that's my belief now. Mm-hmm. Don't take, don't take this the wrong way. There are many students who highlight and they're comfortable highlighting and, and they do it properly or they do it well enough to do really well in this test. I just think that over time it becomes a bad habit. So what I prefer is that you're, more, you're just more attentive and you're just reviewing this way. And, and yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to overlook things all the time. But if you keep reading in this way and you keep analyzing what you've read, you're going to start picking up on those details that you might not have otherwise picked up on, and that only comes through review and experience and practice. Uh, but remember, keep in mind that just reading this way and understanding what you're reading is is not enough. You have to also understand how it relates to the bigger picture, how you know what how the author feels about it, etc. So yes, reading comp for this, like knowing the difference between sugar and glucose. Is great. I think it's a prerequisite to to doing well on this test, but it's not everything. Okay.
0: But for people with diabetes and impaired insulin activity, too much glucose can remain in the blood, which can cause or contribute to heart disease, stroke, kidney disease, or other health problems. Uh, so. In the previous sentence, it talks about insulin and what it is. And now it's saying for diabetes, there's a problem with insulin and glucose stays in the blood and can cause a bunch of health issues. So it's, it. it's, it's throwing us a warning shot.
1: That's it. And the, again, they're educating us. You may not know what diabetes is, but they're literally telling us that if, it, you, know, if you have diabetes, you have this impaired insulin activity. Impaired meaning that there are problems with it, right? It's not, it's not working as properly as it should. And that means that there's too much glucose in the bloodstream and that causes problems. So you, you don't need to know a single thing about diabetes coming into this article, but they just taught you a bunch of things. Okay, great. So what is the big picture of this paragraph? What do you think you should really know after reading this paragraph? Um, I think what we
0: should know is that eating causes uh, increase in glucose in the blood, and that insulin is supposed to help with that, and those with diabetes, it doesn't help, and it causes problems.
1: Great, great. Now, we don't know how this really relates to the other two paragraphs just yet. It seems like the author is interjecting with some kind of uh, mechanism, and Maybe this mechanism, maybe what we're talking about will play a role in the bigger picture, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Let's go ahead. So
0: in quotes, insulin secretion in response to a meal tends to wane later in the day. And this is especially so in older people, Di DiPietro says. So insulin secretion in response to a meal uh, tends to wane. So some people may, some readers may not know what wane means, so I'd, that, that, would freak me out like i let me figure out what that means first um so going down it tends to wane goes down um in older people so so those who are older uh, after a meal this insulin secretion this response to the blood glucose isn't where it needs to be basically and so drawing on the knowledge from the previous paragraph insulin isn't doing what it should be doing, and it could be leading to all of these other issues.
1: That was, that was excellent. What you just did is exactly what I think uh, everyone should be doing. But w- one thing that you said that I think is really key is w- with respect to the prior paragraph, right? With respect to what you have just read. So brace yourself. When you're going into a new paragraph, we're probably going to touch on what we just read. What we just read right before this sentence was that there are problems with insulin. So if they're saying insulin uh, secretion, that's probably just insulin in general, right? Tends to wane later in the day. We already know what we were talking about. We were talking about insulin problems. So what do you think wane actually refers to here? You may not know what that word means, but based on everything we've talked about so far, you could probably assume it means something that's bad, something that's a problem, something that, uh, as you said, it, lo- it gets lower, or weakens, right? So, so yeah, that, that's great, excellent. So it seems like secretion is or insulin is, is uh, not working as well mm. a- a- as you get later in the day, uh, especially in older people. Okay, let's go ahead. She
0: points out that many of us eat our largest meal of the day in the evening, and we also tend to sit around afterwards so the author's the author's painting a picture so they they the author has educated us about insulin and this glucose spike and that we're eating bigger meals so maybe we're supposed to assume maybe we have a bigger spike because of a big meal and then all we do is sit around afterward and right. apparently that's a bad thing
1: right so it seems like a recipe for disaster here mm-hmm. right it, the insulin's not working. We're eating the most, which is, which assumes that we have a lot of sugar or a lot of uh, a lot of sugar in our bloodstream, right? Right afterwards. So yeah, okay, let's go ahead.
0: As a result, quote, blood glucose levels will rise very high and will stay elevated for hours. End quote. She says. So again, she she just painted this picture of the large meal at the end of the day, sitting around afterwards, and then. What happens are blood glucose levels go high and remain high, and again, the previous paragraph says that can contribute to heart disease, stroke, and kidney disease, and other
1: health problems, so that's a bad thing. That's it, great. Okay, so big picture for this paragraph, what's going on here?
0: That uh, insulin doesn't work well at the end of the day, and then we compound that with eating the largest meal of the day and then sitting around afterwards.
1: That's an excellent summary. That's it. Okay, let's go ahead. Keep reading.
0: What does walking do? I don't know. It's a good question. So so the kind of bringing back in, coming kind of full circle here, back to the beginning of this after-dinner stroll, the author's trying to bring back the walking after the education that they gave us. Um, right. The muscles we use to walk use glucose as energy, drawing it out of circulation, and therefore reducing how much is floating around, says Andrew Reynolds, a postdoctoral research fellow at the University of Otago in New Zealand. So we have another research here another another expert here to tell us what's going on, and they're saying this post this after dinner stroll um Uses muscles, obviously the muscles in our legs, and helps reduce that blood glucose, which rises high because we have a big meal, and uh, if we sit around, it's not doing anything. But if we walk, then it's being used. And so um, reducing it, which is a good thing.
1: Right, so basically, you have to know that muscles help with what? Muscles that are active help with reducing Blood sugar levels, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to convey here. Now you said something that I want to be, I want to make sure we're careful with. You mentioned muscles of our legs, right? We don't know that. We don't know if I mean, obviously it's probably our legs, but we don't know if it's also the muscles around our hips. Maybe it's the muscles around our arms. Who knows, right? Mm. It's just muscles in general. It's great to have a picture in your mind of what kind of muscles but that is a way that the MCAT could actually confuse you. They could ask a question about a different muscle that that might not be associated to the legs, right? So like, oh, what, what about these other muscles? And that could distract you if you're too focused on the legs. Just a random thought here, yeah. uh, but always have a broader sense of the term muscles or have a broader sense of what they're trying to say uh, in mind. Always keeping an open mind is very important. And this passage, gives you a very good idea of walking after after dinner. So I think, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I think I'm going to walk after dinner tonight.
0: <laughs> I know. And I feel guilty, but I'm like, oh, man, I need to go walk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. Sounds
1: good. Yeah, so that's our first passage, first okay. article.
0: Big takeaway after reading this, um, breaking it down, what final thoughts do you have for a student
1: reading this? It may seem easy, right? It may seem easy to read, but it could still be difficult if you're not careful, if you're not attentive. So just because the words seem easy does not mean it's easy. You have to be careful with what you're reading. And just because you know a thing or two about diabetes doesn't mean that you know, you're know you gonna know exactly what they're talking about. So don't bring in outside knowledge and be careful with what you're reading even if it's an easy read. Uh, and And for those who have not, who don't know a lot about this topic, Don't worry about it. You don't need to, right? Just go in and try to embrace what you're learning, embrace the reading aspect. A lot of students aren't willing to embrace what they're reading because they're under pressure. They don't want to sit there and read, right? So they start skimming what they're reading. You don't need to do any of that. Just enjoy what you're reading. Take it in, right? And you might learn something new.
0: All right, so there you have it. A great Time Magazine article all about walking after you eat. Now, I don't know about you, but now I want to go walk after I eat all the time. So we're learning a little bit while we're reading and learning how to comprehend. If you are new into the MCAT prep world, if you're just dabbling in this because you heard that the MCAT was something that was really hard and you wanted to to figure out what it was all about, you should go sign up for the Jack Weston Daily Cars MCAT question of the day. You get a free question delivered to your inbox every day where it simulates the actual MCAT test environment and you're getting prep for free every day right to your inbox. Why would you not do that? If you text the word MCAT CARS, that's all one word, MCAT CARS, to 44222, you'll get a link to how to sign up for the MCAT question of the day from Jack Weston. Hope you have a great week. We'll be here again next week for another episode of the MCAT CARS podcasts. If you are new to us, don't forget to subscribe so that you do get these episodes every week. If you just go to MCATcarspodcast.com, there are links there to subscribe in Spotify, in Apple Music, in Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast app that you listen to. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. When you use the links provided in this podcast, you're helping to support MedEd Media and the podcasts that we produce. Not only do you get a discount, but we earn a small commission as well. Thank you for your support.